Today we hear what I believe is the shortest prayer in all the Bible. It's only three words. It's in the fifth verse of chapter 17 of Luke, where the apostles cry out with one voice, increase our faith. This is almost the end of Jesus' life and his ministry. Why now? Why after a thousand days of following Jesus through thick and thin and all the highs and lows of his public ministry has their faith failed them and fallen short? Perhaps for an answer we look to the previous verse before the gospel passage begins today. In Luke chapter 17 verse 4, Jesus is speaking about forgiving others as God has forgiven us. And he gives a very specific example in verse 4. He said, if your brother wrongs you seven times in one day, and each time comes to you and says, I'm sorry, you have to forgive him. It is immediately following that premise then that they say this, increase our faith. If someone had wronged them once, they would already find it hard to forgive them. But if they keep doing the same thing, the same person committing the same sin again and again, lather, rinse, and repeat, they're going to be less and less willing to forgive every time they are wronged. That is why they know they need more faith. But Jesus wasn't asking them anything he himself wasn't prepared to do. In just six chapters, when he goes up to the cross, he's not just dying for his friends, even for his foes. He said, Father, forgive them. He believes that his apostles, his disciples, and us need to forgive others as God has forgiven us. To love others as God has loved us. If we sinned against God seven times in one day and said, I'm sorry, he would never say no. He would forgive us. He would dust us off and put us back in the race and wish us well and continue to give us everything that we need to live and to love, to forgive, and to grow, and one day to be with Him in heaven. The Lord wants us to be forgiven. The Lord wants us to be forgiving. And for both those tasks, we need that same prayer to be our prayer. Increase our faith. And Jesus then spoke about faith increasing from very small beginnings. He used the example of the mustard seed. The mustard seed that's so small, you can barely see it, but it becomes such a great and large plant. Someone once gave me a mustard seed. It's in this vial. Even with my progressive contact lenses, I can barely see it. You can't see it, but it is there. And if planted and nurtured and nourished, it would grow. Something so minuscule and so small could be something so grand. That's the same with our faith. That's the responsibility of parents and grandparents and godparents to hand on the faith to future generations. Not just to plant the seed and leave it till the harvest time, but to give it to the continued care that it needs. Enough light, but not too much. Enough heat, but not too much. Just the right amount of moisture to see that seed grow. That's what happens to the seeds of faith planted in us when it's nurtured and nourished by God's Word and Scripture, by living out the teachings of our faith, and certainly fed by the sacraments, most particularly Jesus' body and blood in Holy Communion. But on this Respect Life Sunday, we are reminded that each of us started even smaller than the mustard seed. When you were conceived in your mother's womb, you could only be seen in the lens of a microscope at great magnification. And yet, all your DNA was there, may have only been eight cells, but life does indeed begin at conception. How it grows, that's the wonders, mysteries, and miracles of God's creation. But sadly, whether it grows is up to us, and whether we allow it. 
And that's the most important issue at stake with regard to the upcoming proposed constitutional amendment, Proposal 3, to our state constitution. Whether or not the seed will be allowed to see the light of day has sadly become up to us instead of God, where that responsibility belongs. We're going to talk more about that at the end of Mass today. But what about the end of the Gospel? When Jesus said, do your duty and don't expect me to thank you for it, you are unprofitable servants. Did the apostles really expect that Jesus was going to give them a pat on the back or some sort of reward because they only did what was expected of them, namely to forgive as they had been forgiven? We act as if we're really putting ourselves out if we bother to forgive someone else, but we certainly expect God to forgive us even for the most horrendous things that we've done that we hope and pray no one else even knows about. Unprofitable servants. Jesus believes that we should do our duty. For him, he calls it discipleship. And he defined it in his ministry, and that definition never changed. He said, whoever would be my disciple, your duty then is to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That might mean forgiving people that we don't like, forgiving people that we don't agree with. That might mean asking for forgiveness for things that we don't really believe are wrong, but the church says they are, the scripture says they are unprofitable servants. St. Paul, he was someone that understood quite well his duty. His duty changed during his life when he was the Pharisee Saul of Tarsus. He thought it was his duty to honor God by killing Christians. When all of a sudden on the way to Damascus, he was knocked down, blinded, and when his eyes were opened, he looked at the world through a new set of eyes where he saw his enemies now as friends. The church's greatest advocate uh, was once its greatest enemy. Well then, Paul's duty was redefined to go spread the gospel to the Gentiles, the very people he used to think had no right to life and no right to breathe the same air as him. And now, as we hear in the second reading today, it's Paul's second letter to Timothy. Paul's writing this letter under house arrest in Rome. It's one of the last letters he'll ever write, and he's not about to die of natural causes. He knows that he is about to die a martyr's death. Since he is an honorary Roman citizen, Paul is going to be beheaded, not crucified. His death will be quick and it will be painless, but it's still death. It's still the end. But before his life is over, he's passing on the baton to a young bishop in Cyprus who had been with him at many points in his missionary journey, young Timothy. And he's telling him, Timothy, you have to carry on this work. When I'm silenced, you speak up. You have not been given a spirit of cowardice. Rather, be willing to bear your share of hardships for the sake of the gospel, and do not be ashamed of your testimony in the name of Jesus. He needed Timothy to be bold, and that's what the Word of God asks of all of us, because at times we who are called to know the faith, love our faith, live our faith, and share our faith, find ourselves having that spirit of cowardice, where we don't want to say anything to anyone lest we offend them. And now that we live in the age of political correctness, where everything is offensive, then most people would just choose to stay silent, or worse, to agree with the detractors who mock the church and God and Jesus and all these holy things. And that is why evil prevails when people of goodwill do nothing and say nothing. That's why we have to tolerate everything all around us, because we do nothing to stop it, and we remain silent, because we wouldn't want someone showing up at our house to cancel us. And yet, that's the spirit of cowardice, and that never saved anybody, including the coward. Jesus is asking us to be bold, to be bold in our proclamation of the gospel of life in the face of the culture of death. Does it mean hardship? 
that's how Jesus defined discipleship. Carrying a cross, it might be heavy. There might be more than one. The way is far, but the rewards are far greater than any risk we may ever have to undertake. The rewards of discipleship are far greater than any rejection we might experience. Unless or until Christians speak up with one voice, not a thousand different opinions, then we will never change any hearts, including our own. Yes, we like Jesus' apostles need the Lord to increase our faith.